and I'll start that here in a minute. There we go. Yeah, I think the rascals have stopped. We can't get it figured out. Yeah, I. One thing, you know, I think Pam, you maybe have mentioned that. Well, maybe you've taken this course before. Maybe others of you have taken a different course, or there's different maybe methods. Um, but I don't think really anybody can give you a burden for souls. But but one of the one of the verses I like is is out of Psalm 126, where uh, you know they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth reaping, uh, weeping, bearing precious seeds, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And if, if you've ever led someone to the Lord or been part of someone's salvation, it it truly is a, a blessing, isn't it? It it's it's very uh, uh, fulfilling. And and so those of you that are mothers, you know to to have children, physical children, it brings great joy and great fulfillment in your lives and uh, but w- one thing uh, I, I observed uh, as a man that I worked with um, as with children it, it takes a while for children to talk I mean they're two years old before they're talking right I mean they can so I, th- I think before it takes some getting our feet wet with evangelism before you develop kind of your own method, your own style. But unfortunately, many people, if you don't, if you're not burdened for souls, I mean, I know Brian said, if you, if you're, if you are burdened for souls, you'll find a way to share the gospel with them. And so I guess that's what I hope we glean from today is the, um, I had a pastor tell me once that the most selfish person in the world is a Christian who's content to go to heaven alone. I thought, wow, that's kind of convicting. <laughs> You're a very selfish person if you are content to go to heaven alone. We want to take others with us. We want everybody to be saved. And it, it's hard, I know, when we get out in the world and uh, it's just us and them, <laughs> you know, then it's... Uh, but um, anyway, I, I just uh, and and then the video before the last time, just really, if we can rely on the scripture, the scriptures have the answers. And so, like, uh, we we even had a guy, and I know I know he's, I'm confident that he's saved, but he was talking to us at a restaurant. He he's the owner of the place the Hawaiian brothers up in uh, Belton <clears throat> he's the manager uh, anyway um, but he he just said something like you know I've always believed and and I guess I would have thought that before I said because I, I think I did always believe in God but I haven't always been saved because uh, and, and let me just show you this this is one of the verses I go to in Acts chapter 3 I think it's 19 <clears throat> when someone at, tells me that they've always been saved yeah it's, uh, Connie are you already there you want to read that for us no. repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and so the, it's saying to there there needs to be repentance and conversion, and so I, I will I will actually tell people those words when they tell me they've always been saved. I say, well, there needs to be a time that you've repented and been converted, and this this is a verse that I use to to say that, and and usually they'll agree with me because it's what the Word of God says, and. Uh, so I started to go there with this guy, and uh, but anyway, it was just a good conversation we had with him a few days. Is there any other examples that uh, any of you have that you've uh, witnessed or shared your faith recently with, or given a gospel track or anything? <clears throat> Were you thinking of something, Jim? No, grocery store Wednesday. You did. You and Pam double teamed. Yeah. <laughs> We gave it to one person. You gave a track? Really busy. Oh, that's fun. They got really busy doing something else? No, we did. Oh. 
but we gave out a million dollar bill and then she gave it back to me and she said uh, she said you need to save this for somebody that doesn't know huh. and then everybody just started doing that crowding thing and the stores huh. and yeah. we got lost from each other okay like, okay <laughs> we tried one i braved one and i don't know why uh, i don't have that heart for being huh. that brave uh-huh but i really got to work at it yeah yeah so, yeah for sure. So, <laughs> so, so Connie's saying that uh, they did give out a, a million dollar bill and the lady gave it back. And, and uh, did you just receive it then? Well, I said, are you sure? And she said, yeah. And I said, it's a pretty cool thing if you read the back. And she goes, no, it's okay. Huh. She goes, give it to somebody that doesn't know. Huh. Okay. Huh. I'll have to look for some more people. Okay. Blew that one out of the water. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. That's how you get your feet wet. And, um, yeah, we've all maybe experienced that. And, and sometimes you can, I, I think somebody taught me, you know, if they try to give it back, just if they act like they don't need it, like you're saying, just say, well, maybe you can share that with somebody else. Maybe you can give it to somebody else. And so I, uh, I've done that a few times, so. Um, she was the nicest gal. I mean, she didn't seem like yeah. she wasn't safe. I mean, she gave me a recipe, talked me through it. I mean, we had a really good conversation. Huh. Good. I kept seeing her in the rush of the crowds down huh. the aisles. I, I kept running into her and just saying, Hi, how are you? And, you know, things like that. And, That's funny. Well, you, you got I that. It's funny. I just couldn't get away from the lady. <laughs> You got that down. You're you're friendly, and that, that's one of the first things that they say is yeah, to be friendly, friendly. To, just to break the ice. And uh, the hard part is sometimes swinging it to the spiritual. And um, so anyway, th- this uh, this video is called "Spreading Your Wings," and it, it's mostly uh, them witnessing to others. So they're they they do that really good, I think. Um, they're showing us how they do it and I, I know whenever I, I did go to London I think it was 2014 was it 14? 14 yeah. fireworks 10 it was right before Ava was born yep okay yeah, I that. Okay, I knew I went somewhere in 14. I was thinking that was India, but may so it was London, and uh, so Pastor Brian Clark in London has a, a Calvary Baptist or Crossroads Baptist mm-hmm. church, and I think the month of March or April or maybe it was May or June, maybe when we were yeah, there, it must have been June because right before it was, it was mid June. So, so okay, so for the month of June, there's four weeks in June, uh, they would have different churches from the United States send a team of people to England, to London, for one week each. So four, four churches. So our church had, I want to say we were close to the last group of the month. And so we were there for a week. And so for four days straight... Uh, you know, m- most towns in America have what we call Main Street, and it's typically the Main Street that runs through the middle of the town. Well, in in London, they have boroughs, which I didn't realize New York City has boroughs, but uh, boroughs is kind of like maybe suburbs of London. And so I forget what their borough was called, but all the boroughs have, instead of Main Street, they have High Street. And so they have their borough, we went to their High Street, and uh, there's cars don't drive on their High Street, it's, it's only people walking. And so literally thousands of people walking down High Street. And so there's, I think, four or five or six of us from, uh, there's actually only two from this church and then three from Iola, Kansas. So there were like five of us. And, uh, And then three or four people from their church. So there was a team of 10 people. We all put on red shirts that say, no religion, just Jesus. So it's obvious what we're out there doing. And uh, the way we evangelized was uh, just to ask this question, to say, 
you know, excuse me, ma'am, I think we would say, can I ask you a question? And then that, if they would say yes, we would say, who do you believe Jesus Christ is? It was just that question. And you would get, you know, a lot of different answers. And, you know, there were some Muslims. There was uh, several atheists. I didn't run into as many as I thought I would. And But regardless, regardless of what they said, they, they might talk, you know, he was a good man, or they might give you a 10-minute dissertation. But regardless of what they said... Um, all, all you, all we did was, we would say, well, you know, that's very interesting, but let me show you what the Bible says about Jesus. And we just went to John fourteen six, where he says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me." And uh, and we would break that down a little bit about the way, the truth, and the life, and we would say some about it. And uh, but the whole goal of the conversation was uh, honestly to get uh, they don't call them cell phones they call them mobile mobiles mobiles can we get your mobile i mean would w- the whole goal was to get a follow up conversation with i mean everybody's shopping they're doing their own thing it was just a, a brief contact and uh, you get you get permission to to talk to them and uh, you know, can we follow up with? And uh, so we were able to get you know half a dozen follow up contacts, and we we would write down their mobile number, and uh, the missionary Brian Clark would try to have coffee with them the the following week. He would follow up with them, and so that that's how that so that's how that evangelism outreach went, and. Uh, and and that's how he was trying to build a church in uh, London, where there there is a lot of history about Christianity, but uh, it's it's a lot of atheism right now and a lot of uh, Islamic influence. And uh, anyway, I wanted to share kind of what other people do and are doing. And uh, I read just this morning. <coughs> uh, Pastor uh, Doug Howie in Romania. He uh, in September he he had an evangelism outreach, and they had eleven teenagers trust Christ, just going out into their yeah it, it was huge for their church. Uh, I think they've only had uh, one or two baptisms this year, but they've had now thirteen salvations this year, and it, it's just really good for. I mean, they've been over there close to twenty years. It's just it's good for me to see their church growing. And they went out as a church body to evangelize. And so, anyway, God, God's at work in these places. And I wanted to share that. that I read that this morning. I thought, wow, I'm going to use that in our class this morning. So, uh, think about that. And, and as we even watch these videos, uh, and maybe we should still plan an outing uh, this coming year to where we can just go in the marketplace and yeah i think we'll have to in the spring or when the covid's yeah gone. yeah either just have a refresher like a sunday refresher yeah like this and then go out like the next Saturday. okay yeah so show us how to do it yeah that, that's a scary thing our street team when we were at the temple we did something that was really at the time i just thought was so cool but we all packed up there's about 10 of us and we went to osceola missouri and uh, I don't know why we went to Osceola, but it's a nice place. It's a nice place. It was a ways out, and uh, since no one knew us, we were all brave because I was I was still a young Christian. But we did like a survey. We had like a five question survey. So we'd knock on a door and we'd say, "Hey, can I? You know, we're here from you know, blah blah, Kansas City Baptist Temple. We're doing a survey of the spiritual climate or something." And we would have these little questions that would kind of like like what you're talking about with Brian. That would lead huh. into a follow-up. Yeah. So you went door-to-door in Osceola. Yeah, we covered the whole town. It took us all day long. Wow. It's not a big town. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. Well, and you you do find... I mean, on your own, it's harder to be intentional. But if you do have an outing where you've got a time, a date, yeah. we're going to go do this. We've got a clipboard, a pen, we're here. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. One thing that helps me, and I, I'm like you, I'm just not. It, it's really, really hard. But when I when I get myself psyched up, I think about the person who led me to the Lord. And I think yeah. 
if they hadn't taken the time to show me, I'd, I'd be lost. And so I, I, uh-huh. I try to get up my courage that way. Yeah. Wow, you know, if, if they hadn't. If they hadn't opened their mouth and told yeah. me, then I, I'd still be lost, and I'm so grateful for that. Someone yeah, that's true. Yeah, good. So that it it does. So that that is kind of my goal of having it, is to have a burden for others. And I said that before you came in, Carol. That a pastor told me that you know the most selfish person is a Christian who's willing to go to heaven alone. And so, as a Christian, we we have kind of built into us. Somebody shared their faith with us, and uh, we should develop a burden for others. And um, anyway, that that was that was sweet. So let's uh, let's watch this video. And it's thirty three minutes. So a little after ten, we'll reconvene and we'll finish this. I got to look for something over here. Uh, leave, leave that on for just a second, Connie, would you? himself into a drunken stupor and then staggered down the street to his home. His faithful dog was waiting for him. He so loved him. He followed him into his house and when the drunk fell on the floor, he snuggled up to him, waiting for the moment when the drunk would awaken. Around midnight, the dog began to bark and bark. The drunk stirred, opened his eyes and thought, the last thing I feel like is a barking dog. And he grabbed a wooden chair and threw it at the dog. And then he collapsed on the floor. In the morning, when he awoke, he opened his eyes and saw only two things left of his home. A broken chair and a dead dog. Thieves had been trying to break into his house during the night and the dog was trying to warn him. And he had killed the best friend that he had. The sinner's conscience is like that dog. It tries to warn him of the danger that he's in. And we as Christians have a tremendous moral responsibility to learn how to speak to someone's conscience so that it will show them the danger they're in and show them their need of a savior. And we've taught you how to speak to someone's conscience by using the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God, the way Jesus did. We've also given you icebreakers to break the ice and ease the tension and open up the way for you to share your faith. We've also taught you WDJD and how to thoroughly present the gospel. We've taught you how to address your fears and even answer the 10 most common questions about the Christian faith. We've given you everything we've got. It's time, baby eagle. You have your wings. Step out and fly. Thousands of people have given us feedback after watching The Way of the Master and told us that their favorite part is the one-to-one witnessing. You not only learn about these biblical principles, but you get to see them put into action. And that's what this course is all about. Each one of you putting these principles into action in your own lives, sharing your faith with those around you. So we hope that the following witnessing clips will encourage you and give you greater confidence to speak to those people you care about. So what sort of background have you guys had? In terms of what? Religious background. I'm Jewish. Hey, do you think you've kept the law of Moses? Um, a rabbi once told a friend of mine, there's so many rules, if you keep just a few of them, it's good enough. So, you know, that's my sort of been the philosophy. And I, Would you consider yourself to be a good person? Yes. Can I ask you a few questions to see if that's true? Okay. What I'm going to do is put you on the stand and examine you under the light of God's law, the law of Moses, and see how you come up. You can you can figure where you plead innocent or guilty, okay? Okay. So we'll just go through a few to see how you do on the day of judgment. So have you ever told a lie? Yes. Yes. What does that make you? What are you called if you tell a lie? I'm a normal person. I... What are you called if you tell a lie? I guess a liar. But to me, you know, a God's law is not absolute. Because then it would seem to me no person could keep... I, 
you know, I'm sure there are people who have not lied in their life once, and I'm, you know, they're great. But I don't think that I am any less of a good person than they am because all I did was tell one lie. So you only told one lie in your life? Well, I have told many lies, but I still... You know, it's sort of a pick and choose. I'll tell you what will help you. What? If I told many lies, what would you call me? A liar. <laughs> okay, so what are you? I'm a liar. Okay, second question. All right. Have you ever stolen something? Um, probably. No. What does that make you if you've stolen something? What do you call? Uh, I'm a robber? I don't know. What do you... Uh, Starts with T. A T. A T. A thief. You're very helpful. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. Have you ever used God's name in vain? You mean say God? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's called blasphemy. Yes. I heard that's bad too. And the Bible says the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now this is the one that got me. Jesus said, you've heard it said by them of old, that's the law of Moses, you shall not commit adultery. Yeah. But he said, I say to you, whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already within his heart. King David said, in Psalms, God requires truth in the inward parts. He sees our motives. So have you ever looked at a woman with lust? I looked at her in lust, and then I got her. So you have? Yes. Okay, so your name is Alex? Yes. Alex, by your own admission, yes. you're a lying, yes. thieving, yes. blasphemous, yes. adulterate heart, and you've got to face God on Judgment Day. Yeah. So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on the Day of Judgment, do you think you'll be innocent or guilty? Well, I'm already, you know... We just proved me guilty according to these laws. But however, I do have to say that it's kind of a, a black and white viewpoint that you've asked me here. And if we take this viewpoint on and we live this way, you know, it's just not my lifestyle. And I think God in whatever religion preaches us, it needs to be more than just black and white rules. It needs to be uh, sympathy. It needs to teach sympathy for other people. It needs to teach self-love. It needs to teach other things other among the Ten Commandments, black and white. You pass them or you don't. It needs to be a lot more. Otherwise... You want some more commandments? No, I don't want... No, we, commandments... I want <laughs> teachings of the right thing to do. That's what we need. You know, that's what we need, really. If we are... If religion is to teach things to people, then you need to teach them right. Alex, what would you think of a, a criminal who stands in front of a judge? He's committed rape and murder and theft. And the judge says, you're guilty. The evidence is out. And he says, yes, but judge, we need the law to teach us other things. The judge said, what are you talking about? You're guilty. You must be punished. So on the day of judgment, you'll be guilty. God gave you a conscience so you know right from wrong. So if God judged you by the Ten Commandments, you'd be guilty. Would you go to heaven or hell, according to that standard? Well, I think Jews don't believe in hell. The Bible, Old Testament, makes it very clear. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, then I'm going to hell. I don't know. Does it concern you that if you die tonight and God gave you justice, you'd end up in hell? If it's going to concern me, it's going to take over my life. Well, it should. It should. Well, I've lived my life the way I've wanted to so far. That's true. And I've, I have uh, gone into the idea of God. I've thought about it in my head, and I've sort of gone through my own journey. And in that sense, I think, to me, I've satisfied the path of God in a way, you know, purely other than what I'm doing in life, the purely the God's journey, I've, I, I'm going on it in my own terms, and that's the way you want to go. Well, you told, what, what's the first and greatest commandment? Do you remember what it is? The hero Israel? Here, what, don't, don't. Here is a, the Lord is your yeah, God, yeah. the Lord is one. Lord is what comes one. after that? No, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's what God requires of us. And we haven't. We blaspheme His name. We lie. We steal. We lust. We live our lives in rebellion to Him. And God doesn't want to give us justice. Did you know you're of incredible value to God? And what God did so you wouldn't have to end up in hell? Do you know what He did for you? Any idea? Who? God. God. What did God do? He did something incredible for you. Oh, you remember in the Old Testament that sacrifice a lamb is 
an atonement for their sins and the blood would wash away the sin temporarily? Well, God sent His own Lamb, the Messiah, to suffer and die on the cross to take our punishment upon Himself. Listen, you know... I understand the uh, the program. I understand the view. I do hope that there are the other people who don't, who are not as strict, who are not. I don't think you can't. You can't. Alex, that law is written in stone. It's not going to go away. Hey, I'm not agree. I'm not. I'm not disproving that law. I'm just not. I follow it to my own extent. You know, I don't think I'm in the state of mind that I believe I have done sin and I should ask for forgiveness. For I lying? Blasphemy? I have lied. I, I have. Steph, I adultery of the heart. I know. I guess I have a God. I, I believe in a God a little more sympathetic than a black and white God. Do you know what you've just done? What? Broken the second commandment. You know what it says? You should not make yourself a graven image. You should not make a God to suit yourself. Now, I did it for 22 years. When the Bible speaks of God, it's speaking of moral perfection. Are you morally perfect? Of course not. No one is. Well, only God is good. And he... That word good is so relative. A thief can say, I'm good because I haven't stolen this week. A rapist can say, I'm good because I haven't raped anyone for a month. But good means moral perfection and thought, word, and deed. And God is good and we have to face Him on Judgment Day. But He's made atonement for our sins once and for all through the Messiah. So you can be forgiven if you're willing to repent and trust the Savior. I did it 31 years ago. And God will grant you everlasting life. He'll save you from death and His justice. Imagine you saw a kid in a boat just up the waterfalls and you knew this was here. Wouldn't you warn him? Say you're going closer and closer to the edge. Please come aside. Wouldn't you if you cared about him? That's all I'm trying to do with you folks. To say, to say if you pass through death that you're going to face a God who is a God of justice. A God who's furious at blasphemy and lying and stealing and adultery. And my motivation is love. I'm not saying join a church. I don't want your money. I just care about your eternal welfare. Can you see that? I may never see you again, but I care about both of you, even though you don't understand that. Enough to warn you. Okay, so the ninth commandment is you shall not bear false witness or you shall not lie. Um, have you ever broken that commandment? Have you ever told a lie? Oh, definitely, yeah. So do you think, uh, would you say dozens of times, uh, uh, hundreds of times in your entire lifetime? How old are you now? Nineteen. So in your lifetime, how many lies do you think you've told? Um, Just a guess. I'm innumerable. Okay, innumerable. So what does that make you? A sinner. Uh, but even more specifically, what, what, what are you called if you, if, you, if you lie? If I lie, a liar. Right. Okay, so here's, uh, here's another commandment, the eighth one. Uh -huh. um, you shall not steal. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Okay, so what does that make you? A stealer. A thief. Right. <laughs> um, okay, here's the one that got me. I'll be honest. Um, the seventh commandment says you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus said whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Uh -huh. You've heard that one before? Yeah. So, uh, That's kind of far-fetched. Like, well, it's kind of... It's hard, that's hard to, like, you know, keep. Hard to keep that commandment. Yeah. Right, because the Bible says um, lust, God sees lust as adultery. It also says it's, that God sees hatred as murder. So, so uh, have you ever have you ever looked with lust at another person? Yes, and so the hate too. Okay. So yeah. Okay. So what's your name again? Rosa. So Rosa, uh, if you think about it, what you've just said to me by your own admission, you're a liar and a thief and an adulterer and a murderer in God's eyes, the way that He sees you, according to His standard. So in light of that. If you were to die um, today and the bulldozer over there ran you over on your way home to the dorm or wherever, do you think that you'd go to heaven or hell? Well, well, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty of, of, of breaking well, God's standard? I'd be guilty, but like, I don't think I, I don't do it. I think as a human, I think we're, we have like free will or whatever. So then I think that sometimes I do it like subconsciously, like, you know. Like, I don't know that I'm doing it. Kind of like, it's not like I intentionally lie or I intentionally, like, you know, hate someone. I think it's just human nature, like, just to do that sort of thing. Um, do you think, uh, I'm just thinking about, so you don't, you don't know that it's wrong to lie when you lie? Well, like, I do, but then sometimes I don't, it's not like, 
like a murder. It's not like, oh, I know that this is wrong and I'm going to kill this person even though, you know, I have standards and whatever. I, I know what you're saying, but I'm just, um, I'm trying to like get to the heart of like morality and, and what it means to be a good person. So you have a conscience, right? Yes. Um, you, you have a conscience, and conscience means with knowledge. Con means with, science means knowledge. So every time that you lie, you know it's wrong. Every time you steal, you know it's wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not like, yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. tucked so down deep in your subconscious yeah. that you don't know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. So, do you know what the Bible says is the penalty of, of breaking God's commandments? When you go to hell? Well, here specifically is what it says. Um, the Bible says, all liars will have their part in the lake of fire, and that no thief and no adulterer or, or uh, blasphemer will ever uh, will inherit the kingdom of heaven. And so, the Bible says you need to repent, turn from your sin, and then put your faith in Jesus Christ, which means to trust him the same way you trust in a parachute if you're jumping out of a plane, because he's the one that took your punishment for you. consider yourself to be a good person? In general, yes. In general, yes. Have you ever told a lie? Of course. Have you ever stolen something? Of course. Have you used God's name in vain? Sure. Aren't we all? And Jesus said, if you look with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever done that? Of course. So what's your name again? Moti. Moti, by your own admission, you're a lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterer at heart. You got it. So what are you going to do on Judgment Day? You're going to be guilty. So if that's what I am, hey, it's, it's up to him to judge me, not anybody else. Well, the standard of the Bible says he'll judge with us the Ten Commandments, and you've admitted you've broken four of them. We've only looked at four. There's another six. So you'll be guilty on Judgment Day. So will you go to heaven or hell? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, it'll be a toss-up. Well, the Bible says no liar will enter God's kingdom. No thief, no adulterer, no fornicator, no blasphemer. So, so you'll end up in hell. So I'll be soiled then, I guess. Now, does that concern you? <laughs> Not really. You don't want to live? I do. I'm living now. You love I, life. You don't want to give up your life. Every morning I wake up, I thank God I get out of bed. Because I know a lot of a lot of people cannot get out, they can wake up, but they cannot get out of bed without help. So I thank God in the morning when I wake up, get out of bed. Now, you know what God did so you wouldn't have to go to hell? Do you have any idea? No. He sent his son, the Messiah, yeah. born of a virgin, to die on the cross, to take the sin of the world upon himself. And when Jesus was on the cross, right. he took your punishment, my punishment, the sin of the world was laid upon him so we could be found innocent on the day of judgment. God can forgive us because Jesus paid our fine. We can leave the courtroom. That's what God did for you. And the Bible says if you repent, that is confess and forsake your sins and trust in Jesus, he'll forgive you every sin you've ever committed and grant you everlasting life. Isn't that good news? Yeah, I guess. For some people. Have you ever celebrated Passover? Sure did. Wednesday and yesterday. So, what happens at Passover? Could you give me a quick summary of what happens? At Passover, we celebrate the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt. And what did they do so that death would pass over them? But they put blood on the door. The blood of the lamb? Yeah. Well, Jesus was the lamb of God and his blood was shed so that death could pass over you. He was the lamb supplied by God, the perfect sinless lamb that the Messiah um, is spoken of in Psalm 22 and Isaiah 53. And so he is the Jewish Messiah. I'm Jewish. Me too. Yeah, so pray about what we talked about and think about your salvation and listen to the voice of your conscience because there's nothing more important than your eternal salvation. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You're very welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That was a big Jewish man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you consider yourself to be a good person? Do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? Not all of them. No, not at all times. All right, Mark, I want to put you on the spot if that's okay. (laughs) Probably not. I I won't embarrass you too much. Give it a shot. Uh, The Ninth Commandment, you shall not lie. We all know it's wrong to lie. I've lied plenty in my life. Have you lied? Of course. You lied to your parents? Of course. To your friends? Of uh, course. Teachers? Everyone has it at one time or another. So what does that make you? Um, Human. Human. I can tell you're not an alien, Mark. (laughs) But if you've lied, what does that make you? What do you call it? If I lied, if I told a lie, what would you call me? A liar at that time. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a liar all the time. You can even lie to yourself. For example, when I was in my 20s, I didn't admit I was gay. 
you're lying to yourself. Of course, I knew I was. I knew when I was 11. But so, how many lies do you have to tell to be uh, a liar? Ten, and a bell goes off. I don't think there is a number. Well, if I murdered one person, that would make me a murderer. I wouldn't have to rape <laughs> more than one person to be a rapist. Just Correct. So, the fact that we've lied lots of times reveals that we have the capacity and willingness to deceive someone known as a liar. We can say, well, we're going to try to reform our ways, but deep within, we've got deceit in our heart. But like I said, then you could probably say every person on earth is a liar. I Yes, I think yeah. you could, because we all, we've all lied. Exactly. Right. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Okay, what does that make you? Probably in your eyes, a thief. Well, in the cop's eyes, if you went into the store and took something regardless of the value, they'd right. say this is Even called, if you were eight and took a pack of gum from the candy store. It's called shoplifting. Of course. Right. It's stealing. Right. And we know it's wrong, and we try to hide it and get away with it. Right. Um, have you ever used God's name in vain? Have you ever just taken God's name, even though you don't believe in him? Probably many, many times, because I think it's just a saying. Right. So. If I used your mom's name as a four-letter filth word, you'd probably smack me around a little bit, or at least say, hey terribly disrespectful. If you're going to say S-H-I-T, go ahead, but don't use my mother's name that way. Probably, yes. Even if I didn't know your mom. Let's right. say, well, it doesn't matter. Right. So if there's a God and you're using his name as a four-letter filth word, that's called blasphemy. I used to do it all the time, using God's name in replacement of I guess you could say fecal that material. Right. right? Um, the seventh commandment is you shall not commit adultery. Uh, and then Jesus said, but I say to you, whoever looks upon a person to lust after them has already committed adultery with them in their heart. And God sees our thought life. He made your eyes. He can see. He made your heart and soul. And he knows what you think. Don't go for yeah. that one, sir. That one I don't go for. Committing okay, adultery, why? going and actually committing the act is one thing. Right. I think the thought is impossible to control. I don't think anyone can control that. So you don't think that you could control um, lustful desires? You, you You're can't. married, correct? Yes. You ever see a woman on TV and say, wow, that woman's really, really good looking? Yes. Okay. But there's a difference between saying, wow, someone's really good looking, and then intentionally lusting after her and, and, and pursuing lustful intentions oh, I behind, your, okay. uh, well, behind your eyes. Now you're going a little further. Yeah, that's well, that's right. lust okay. versus just, wow, she's really attractive. Yeah, I'll go for that. Okay. So, Mark, by your own admission, you're a lying thief and a blasphemous adulterer at heart. I'm not an adulterer. Just, no, actually, I've like never me. done that before. So. No, lust in your heart. Okay. Jesus said lust is adultery of the okay. heart in the eyes adultery. of God. Okay. Just like pornography, adultery of the mind. Right. So if you were to stand before this God that you don't believe in, right. but if he's there and he judged you by that standard of the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Probably guilty, but doesn't it say in the Bible somewhere about forgiveness? <laughs> yes, Okay. but God does not forgive people who willfully turn their back to him, but rather he'll give each one of us justice according to what we deserve. The Bible says when we sin against God, we violate our own conscience. Right. We know better. We know right from wrong. That's wrong to lie, steal. Of course, right. And that we're storing up punishment for ourselves when we stand before God on the day of judgment and give an account of our life before him. And that every time we sin, we're making things much, much worse for ourselves when we stand before this God of, of so just holiness and justice. Longer. Correct. Okay. And, and, and here's what the Bible says. All liars will have their part in the lake of fire, and that no thief and no adulterer can enter the kingdom of heaven. Do you know the message of the gospel and what God did to save you from going to hell? No. Can I tell you? it take me 30 seconds. Sure. We have about 30 more seconds. Thank you. <laughs> if you were in a courtroom guilty of a crime and had a fine you couldn't pay, right. and so you were being let off to prison... When all of a sudden someone stepped in and paid your fine for you, the law has no more hold, therefore you can be set free, and the judge is not compromising justice because he's accepted the payment on your behalf. The Bible says 2,000 years ago, God provided a payment for you because he loves you, even though you've sinned against him. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to take your punishment upon himself. And that if you'll turn from sin once and for all and put your trust in Jesus to save you, not just giving God lip service and saying, okay, I believe in Jesus now, and now I'm going to go off and rob a bank, <laughs> but truly turn from sin and trust in Christ, that 
God will forgive you of your sin, grant you the gift of eternal life, and then he'll change your heart and make you a new person with new desires. Now, the only way to find out if that's true is for you to take that step of faith and say, okay, I admit I've, I've sinned against you. Please forgive me, and I'll turn from sin toward you. But if you don't do that, you can just keep believing that, you know, the Bible's a hoax, that God doesn't exist, right up till the day of judgment, when, like your friends say, you find out and you say, wow, I was wrong. Then there's no second chance. Right. So I'm saying, Mark, I think that it's the absolute truth that this isn't a coincidence we're having the conversation, and I hope you'll think about it. I will. And I'll, uh, uh, I'll, I'll thank God for the conversation that we had. Thanks, Kirk. It was nice, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and I will think about what you said. Thank you. <laughs> hey, this is, the new, this is the New Testament. Thank you very much. Hmm. Oh, wow. What would someone have to do to deserve going to hell? I think some of the things you listed, like maybe like murder, um, I don't know. I think basically just being disrespectful to like everyone and everything around you and just not caring and not treating everyone. Like, how they should be treated, I don't know. What do you think someone has to do to get to heaven? I think you basically just have to, like, live your life, but in a way that you would want other people to somewhat treat you. Like, I don't think people should, like, lie or just basically do anything that's going to harm somebody else. Do you think you're a good person? I try to be, even though my hair is crazy. <laughs> Can I ask you for a few questions to see if you are a good person? Okay. What I'm going to do is take you through some of the Ten Commandments. Okay. That's the standard of God's goodness. And that's the standard we're going to be judged with on the Day of Judgment. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Have you ever told a lie? Yes, but I've always confessed. Have you ever stolen something in your whole life? No. Like, honestly, I haven't. Not even something small? like my sister's toy when I was little. You have used God's name in vain, you think, sometime in the past? I'm going to say, yeah, because I don't want to be a liar. That's right. You know, <laughs> you know what that's called? <laughs> Blasphemy. Jen, I've got some good news and bad news for you. Oh. What would you like first? Bad news? <laughs> okay. The bad news is this. The Bible says, no liar can enter heaven. No blasphemer can enter heaven. Nobody has kept the first of the Ten Commandments. The Bible says there's none that seek after God, which means there's none that seeks after God. No one can say, I've kept that commandment. We haven't loved God with heart, mind, soul, and strength. So on the day of judgment, God's going to judge you not only by those commandments that you've broken, but by the secret sins that you think nobody has seen because he's seen your thought life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Now, God gave you a conscience. Have you always obeyed your conscience? I mean, like I said, if I ever break something, it's on my head, and I can't deal with it. So, it's like a criminal saying, yeah, I break the law, but I feel bad about it. Still broken the law, and he still has to be punished. And the Bible says, all liars have their part in the lake of fire. See, but what? doesn't the Bible say that they forgive everyone, too? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, no. no. Let me explain why. In the wrong, in the wrong book. This is what the Bible says, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you a lie. This is the gospel truth. It says, God has set aside a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. And the scriptures say, every one of us has got a multitude of sins, not just a few, not a hundred, not a thousand, but a multitude. That's because God is perfect, and he requires moral perfection of thought, word, and deed. That means if you have an angry thought without cause, you're in danger of judgment. If you hate someone, you're a murderer.
because you've broken God's commandments, the Bible says you will perish. The reason you'll die is because you've sinned against God. We've broken that law, and the Bible says the soul that sins, it shall die. So the bad news is that if you died in your sins, if this plane crashed and God gave you justice, the scriptures make it very clear you'd end up in hell. And so would I. But you know what? Good... Goes to heaven. Do you want to hear? Yes. This is the good news. I say good news and bad news. Okay. Here's the good news. The Bible tells us that God sent his son, born of a woman, a perfect, sinless man. Jesus kept the law. He never sinned once in thought, word, and deed. Then he gave his life as a sacrifice for the sin of the world. When he was on the cross, he was being punished for our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the Bible says the last words he uttered from the cross were, It is finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. You broke God's law, the Ten Commandments, and Jesus paid your fine. Understand that? Does that make sense? Now, the Bible says if you'll repent, don't just confess your sins, but confess them to save them. If you'll repent and trust in Jesus, as you trust a parachute to save you, you don't just believe in a parachute, you put it on. God says he'll, he'll forgive your sins and grant you the gift of everlasting life. Isn't that good news? That's good news. Okay, through what you've learned in this course, you are now equipped to speak to your family, to friends and strangers, and share the good news of the gospel with them biblically, the way Jesus did. And we hope you've already begun doing this during this course, and you've learned how exhilarating it is to obey the Lord's command to seek and save the lost. So now that you've found the courage to step out of your comfort zone, we hope you'll never go back. Let it change your life and the eternal destiny of others. So where do you go from here? Well, make sure you continue to practice what you've learned in this course. And be sure to join us for the Way of the Master Intermediate Training Course. And it will show you how to speak to those who are often the hardest to reach, our family members. And how to deal with other pertinent topics like what to say to a homosexual or to an atheist and actually prove the existence of God. Then we'll take you to lunch with a real-life orangutan to discuss the theory of evolution. We'll call a number of airlines and ask them if we can take a relative onto the plane. In the intermediate course, you'll also find out why there are so many within the church whose lives don't match what they profess to believe and what you can do to reach them. Then you'll join us for an interview with a real warlock from the Church of Satan to discover how the enemy has subtly infiltrated the pews. You'll come with us as we take a suitcase filled with money to Las Vegas and ask people if they'll play Russian roulette for $10 million. Talk about the greatest gamble to believe that there's no hell and will help you to prove its existence. Finally, we even have a special lesson that was filmed in a boxing ring to illustrate that sometimes when we share our faith, things don't go the way we plan. We'll show you how to get back <laughs> into the ring. So make sure you sign up for our free email newsletter and visit us at wayofthemaster.com. And now we'd like to close this course by having you look at the following passionate words from Charles Spurgeon. If sinners will be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. And if they will perish, let them perish with our arms about their knees, imploring them to stay. If hell must be filled, at least let it be filled in the teeth of our exertions. And let not one go there unwarned and unprayed for. with me at uh, uh, Acts 17 real quick. We're going to look at the verse. And Jim, I'm going to have you uh, say i got to get Mike back up, don't I? Mike. Kevin and Becca came in. Glad you guys are here. Hope everybody had a Merry Christmas. I haven't had my Christmas yet. You haven't? Are you still going to do it? I'm waiting for my boys. Oh. I'm home tonight after 10 hours. Oh, Jim. Yeah. Yes. 
Okay, pass these out. Can you sign? Can you pass those out? Uh, Seventeen. And this is in our. This is the memory verse at the end of this. Uh, 30 and 31. Acts 17, 30 and 31. Pam, do you want to read those for us? Acts 17, 30 and 31. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance to all men, and that he hath raised him from the dead. Okay, so we have this... I'll just leave you with this. Thank you for reading that. This um, WDJD. Who can anybody tell me what that man in our? It's, I mean, it's on the front of our booklet here, and they're making a. They're making a. I got this one. I got this one. I don't think you do. What did Jesus do? No. That, so, well, that that what did what did Jesus do? So it is a, that is a, that's legit. You should get something. But but the card in our pockets, the card that we got, th- this is our witnessing technique. It, do you? What's the first W? Okay. And and what? How would you say the rest of that? Would you? Would you do? Or I mean, would do judgment destiny? Would you? No. Okay. Stop. No. Just give me. Would you consider yourself a good person? That, yeah, there you go. That's what we're trying to. We're trying to develop this kind of uh, diagram for witnessing. And then uh, you said this is do. And remember how that sentence goes. Jim, what do you think? Do you think you've kept the Ten Commandments? Yeah, do you think the Ten Commandments, right. And then this verse that Pam just read reminded me of this. Uh, What's the J for? Judgment. It's judgment. Do you think you're guilty? Yeah, yeah. If yeah, if you were to if you were to stand before the Lord in judgment, uh, would you be found innocent or guilty? Because because you already went through these Ten Commandments, uh, and this this series has helped us with the Ten Commandments, hasn't it? Uh, hopefully, most of us have most of these down. Uh, the Ninth Commandment. And uh, you know the King James says, "Thou shalt not bear false witness," which is you shouldn't lie. And the eighth one was uh, the stealing, "Thou shalt not steal." Uh, the seventh was, "Thou shalt not commit adultery." And uh, was the second was the idolatry. Yeah, the second I'm a Jewish kid. No graven image. You made a uh, yeah. god out of your own image. And it was cool how when he was talking to the Jews, yes. he stayed out of the New Testament because he knows they don't believe it. Yeah. And he focused on David. Yeah, he talked about Passover. That was cool. That was real good. I don't know if you get picked up on that. Yeah. Last one's a question of my daughter. What's that? The last one's a question of my daughter. It even starts with her name. Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, that is the word. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's spelled right. Is it? I think so. D-E-S-T-I-N-Y. So, and that's where you say, well, you know, if you're innocent or guilty, and, and most people will say they're guilty, but some people have uh, an issue with this one. I, I've discovered, uh, you know, your destiny. So if you found, you know, if you're guilty, you know, would you go to heaven or hell? What if they said Valhalla? Bahala? I don't know what I'd say about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so some people, even though they're guilty, they think, well, God will forgive me and I won't go to hell. But uh, anyway, I wanted you to get that WDJD down a little bit. And um, 
So let, let's open our envelopes. Did everybody get an envelope? Becca you, you may not have been here at the very first, uh, Becca. Open the seal. Open the seal. <laughs> I made it halfway through the book. Well, good. Good. Yeah, you kind of came before we, or after we'd already started. What do you think it says? That's what do we expect out of this, right? That was a question. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I forget exactly. We were to write down things that we hope to learn. learn Does anybody want to share? I can. Yeah, okay. I, uh... For the learn part, I wanted to learn a platform to share the gospel and lead people to salvation. A desire to see every soul saved. Mm. Good. And then uh, Do you think- here would be passing up opportunities to share um, that they will... Um, what is that word? <laughs> I can't read my own right. That they will... Uh, something me? <laughs> I don't know. So you had uh, that, something there about overcoming your fear? Yeah, but the, the reason I wrote that is because uh, I don't want to be sitting there at the, the judgment seat of Christ and this person over here be like, you know, he had the chance to tell me about the gospel. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. What I was getting with that. That's good. Yeah, that should cause us to have a fear. Any, anybody else? I wrote. I hope to love others in a way that opens me up to be able to share the love of Christ, the love of Jesus to others, and to lead others to Christ. I'm afraid I'll do or say something that will cause others to stumble and turn away from God. Hmm. Do you feel like this course has helped you with that some? It has forced a lot. Yeah. 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 I remember sometimes with with Connie that she was talking to me about uh, things that she could say to people, and and, and then also Pam. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely enlarged our vocabulary. It's given us a lot of great ideas. Hopefully, even overcome our fears and yeah. yeah. Anybody else? Okay. Um, well, hopefully we have given out some tracks, and we will continue to do that, and uh, we'll go out as a group even this this coming year, Lord willing. Um, do I have any comments online, Jim? That no, need to pray about. about? You've both been on. They said that they're just having a rough week, and uh-huh. pray for them. Okay. It's been in Carol's online. Carol's right here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carol. We're just teasing. Hope you had a Merry Christmas. So, yeah. all right. Well, thanks for joining us live. And uh, you might remind them about the foundation. Yeah. Uh, if you weren't on earlier, uh, next week there'll be a, a new link uh, called the Foundation. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping to rename our class the Foundation. We'll be H- and foundation. Jim's hoping that uh, our our Facebook page, we could just change the name. So, anyway, it'll have a new name and a new look. It'll have a new name and a new look. And it, the HBF. The it'll foundation. be called HBF the Foundation. HBFF. So, yeah. So anyway, hopefully you can find us next week, and uh, we should give him Jim's number to call if we can. But I'll probably be recording. Okay. But anyway, Lord willing, we're gonna we're gonna uh, study the book of Jeremiah this coming year, and uh, yeah, I'm excited too. I really feel like it's where our country's at, and uh, I feel like a lot of it we'll see ourselves in. Uh, one thing I listened to yesterday, it's out of Jeremiah 30 some, and it was where he told the Israelites to let their uh, their slaves go, their their servants go, and they did. They obeyed, 
but then they kind of renounced on that and, and they took this, their servants back and put them back into bondage and I thought you know that we're all like that in some way we we give things to God and then we want to take it back and we uh, we get freed from sin and we go back to it and so I just thought, you know, there's a lot in Jeremiah that we can see ourselves, we see our country. And so uh, I feel like Jeremiah's got a message for us. So, anyway, let, let's uh, pray as we close. And uh, Jim, why don't I have you pray? We'll shut down. All right, Lord, we do uh, thank you again for the time we had to spend together talking about your word and talking about how to share our faith, Lord. I just want to pray that uh, you, would, you would just really 